Section 7 of Character. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 60090, California, United States of America. Character by Samuel Smiles. Chapter 2C. We have spoken of the mother of Napoleon Bonaparte as a woman of great force of character. Not less so was the mother of the Duke of Wellington, whom her son strikingly resembled in features, person, and character. While his father was principally distinguished as a musical composer and performer, but, strange to say, Wellington's mother mistook him for a dunce, and for some reason or other he was not such a favorite as her other children, until his great deeds in after life constrained her to be proud of him. The Napiers were blessed in both parents, but especially in their mother, Lady Sarah Lennox, who early sought to inspire her son's minds with elevating thoughts, admiration of noble deeds, and a chivalrous spirit, which became embodied in their lives, and continued to sustain them, until death in the path of duty and honor, among statesmen, lawyers, and divines, we find marked mention made of the mothers of Lord Chancellors Bacon, Erkstein, and Broham, all women of great ability, and, in the case of the first, of great learning, as well of the mothers of Canning, Curran, and President Adams, of Herbert, Paley, and Wesley. Lord Broham speaks in terms almost approaching reverence of his grandmother, the sister of Professor Robertson as having been mainly instrumental in instilling into his mind a strong desire for information and the first principles of that preserving energy in the pursuit of every kind of knowledge which formed his prominent characteristic throughout life canning's mother was an irishwoman of great natural ability for whom her gifted son entertained the greatest love and respect to the close of his career she was a woman of no ordinary intellectual power. Indeed, says Canning's biographer, were we not otherwise assured of the fact from direct sources, it would be impossible to contemplate his profound and touching devotion to her without being led to conclude that the object of such unchanging attachment must have possessed of rare and commanding qualities. She was esteemed by the circle in which she lived, as a woman of great mental energy. Her conversation was animated and vigorous, and marked by a distinct originality of manner and a choice of topics fresh and striking, and out of the commonplace routine. To persons who were but slightly acquainted with her, the energy of her manner had even something of the air of eccentricity. Curran speaks with great affection of his mother, as a woman of strong original understanding, to whose wise counsel, consistent piety, and lessons of honorable ambition, which she diligently enforced on the minds of her children, he himself principally attributed his success in life. The only inheritance, he used to say, that I could boast of from my poor father was the very scanty one of an unattractive face and person, like his own, and if the world has ever attributed to me something more valuable than face or person, or than earthly wealth, it was that another and a dearer parent gave her child a portion from the treasure of her mind. 
when ex-president adams was present at the examination of a girl's school in boston he was presented by the pupils with an address which deeply affected him and in acknowledging it he took the opportunity of referring to the lasting influence which womanly training and association had exercised upon his own life and character as a child he said i enjoyed perhaps the greatest of blessings that can be bestowed on man that of a mother who was anxious and capable to form the characters of her children rightly from her i derived whatever instruction religious especially and moral has pervaded a long life i will not say perfectly or as it ought to be but i will say because it is only justice to the memory of her i revere that in the course of that life whatever imperfection there has been or deviation from what she taught me the fault is mine and not hers the wesleys were peculiarly linked to their parents by natural piety though the mother rather than the father influenced their minds and developed their characters the father was a man of strong will but occasionally harsh and tyrannical in his dealings with his family while the mother with much strength of understanding and ardent love of truth was gentle persuasive affectionate and simple she was the teacher and cheerful companion of her children who gradually became moulded by her example it was through the bias given by her to her son's minds in religious matters that they acquired the tendency which even in early years drew to them the name of methodists in a letter to her son samuel wesley when a scholar at westminster in seventeen o nine she said i would advise you as much as possible to throw your business into a certain method by which means you will learn to improve every precious moment and find an unspeakable facility in the performance of your respective duties this method she went on to describe exhorting her son in all things to act upon principle and the society which the brothers john and charles afterwards founded at oxford is supposed to have been in a great measure the result of her exhortations in the case of poets literary men and artists the influence of the mother's feeling and taste has doubtless had great effect in directing the genius of their sons and we find this especially illustrated in the lives of gray thompson scott southey bulwer schiller and goethe gray inherited almost complete his kind and loving nature from his mother while his father was harsh and unamiable gray was in fact a feminine man shy reserved and wanting in energy but thoroughly irreproachable in life and character the poet's mother maintained the family after her unworthy husband had deserted her and at her death gray placed on her grave in stoke Poges, an epitaph describing her as the careful tender mother of many children one of whom alone had the misfortune to survive her the poet himself was at his own desire interred beside her worshipped grave goethe like schiller owed the bias of his mind and character to his mother who was a woman of extraordinary gifts she was full of joyous flowing mother wit and possessed in a high degree the art of stimulating young and active minds instructing them in the science of life out of the treasures of her abundant experience after a lengthened interview with her an enthusiastic traveller said now do i understand how goethe has become the man he is goethe himself affectionately cherished her memory she was worthy of life he once said of her 
and when he visited frankfurt he sought out every individual who had been kind to his mother and thanked them all it was airy scheffer's mother whose beautiful features of the painter so loved to reproduce in his pictures of beatrice saint monica and others of his works that encouraged his study of art and by great self-denial provided him with the means of pursuing it while living at dordrecht in holland she first sent him to lille to study and afterwards to paris and her letters to him while absent were always full of sound motherly advice and affectionate womanly sympathy if you could but see me she wrote on one occasion kissing your picture then after a while taking it up again and with a tear in my eye calling you my beloved son you would comprehend what it costs me to use sometimes the stern language of authority and to occasion to you moments of pain work diligently be above all modest and humble and when you find yourself excelling others then compare what you have done with nature itself or with the ideal of your own mind and you will be secured by the contrast which will be apparent against the effects of pride and presumption long years after when airy scheffer was himself a grandfather he remembered with affection the advice of his mother and repeated it to his children and thus the vital power of good example lives on from generation to generation keeping the world ever fresh and young writing to his daughter madame marjolin in eighteen forty six his departed mother's advice recurred to him and he said the word must fix it well in your memory dear child your grandmother seldom had it out of hers the truth is that through our lives nothing brings any good fruit except what is earned by either the work of the hands or by the exertion of one's self-denial sacrifices must in short be ever going on if we would obtain any comfort or happiness now that i am no longer young i declare that few passages in my life afford me so much satisfaction as those in which i made sacrifices or denied myself enjoyments das ensagen the forbidden is the motto of the wise man self-denial is the quality of which jesus christ set us the example the french historian michelet makes the following touching reference to his mother in the preface to one of his most popular books the subject of much embittered controversy at the time at which it appeared whilst writing this i have had in my mind a woman whose strong and serious mind would not have failed to support me in these contentions i lost her thirty years ago was a child then nevertheless ever living in my memory she follows me from age to age she suffered with me in my poverty and was not allowed to share my better fortune when young i made her sad and now i cannot console her i know not even where her bones are i was too poor then to buy earth to bury her and yet i owe her much i feel deeply that i am the son of woman every constant in my ideas and words not to mention my features and gestures i find again my mother in myself it is my mother's blood which gives me the sympathy i feel for bygone ages and the tender remembrance of all those who are now no more what return then could i who am myself advancing towards old age make her for the many things i owe her one for which she would have thanked me this protest in favor of women and mothers but while a mother may greatly influence the poetic or artistic mind of her son for good she may also influence it for evil thus the characteristics of lord byron 
the waywardness of his impulses his defiance of restraint the bitterness of his hate and the precipitancy of his resentments were traceable in no small degree to the adverse influences exercised upon his mind from his birth by his capricious violent and headstrong mother she even taunted her son with his personal deformity and it was no unfrequent occurrence in the violent quarrels which occurred between them for her to take up the poker or tongs and hurl them after him as he fled from her presence it was this unnatural treatment that gave a morbid turn to byron's afterlife and careworn unhappy great and yet weak as he was he carried about with him the mother's poison which he had sucked in his infancy hence he exclaims in his child herald yet must i think less wildly i have thought too long and darkly till my brain became in its own eddy boiling and o'erwrought a whirling gulf of fantasy and flame and thus untaught in youth my heart to tame my springs of life were poisoned in like manner though in a different way the character of mrs foote the actor's mother was curiously repeated in the life of her joyous jovial-hearted son though she had been heiress to a large fortune she soon spent it all and was at length imprisoned for debt in this condition she wrote to sam who had been allowing her a hundred a year out of the proceeds of his acting dear sam i am in prison for debt come and assist your loving mother e foot to which her son characteristically replied dear mother so am i which prevents his duty being paid to his loving mother by her affectionate son sam foot a foolish mother may also spoil a gifted son by imbuing his mind with unsound sentiments thus lamartine's mother is said to have trained him in altogether erroneous ideas of life in the school of rousseau and bernardin de st pierre by which his sentimentalism sufficiently strong by nature was exaggerated instead of repressed and he became the victim of tears affection and improvidence all his life long it almost savors of the ridiculous to find lamartine in his confidences representing himself as a statue of adolescence raised as a model for young men as he was his mother's spoilt child so he was the spoilt child of his country to the end which was bitter and sad st Bove says of him he was the continual object of the richest gifts which he had not the power of managing scattering and wasting them all excepting the gift of words which seemed inexhaustible and on which he continued to play to the end as on an enchanted flute end of section seven